The upstate of South Carolina is filled with many individuals, businesses, and organizations that are collectively helping to shape the upstate as a leading place to live, learn, do business, and raise a family. My name is Dean Hebel, and I am the executive director of Ten at the Top, a regional nonprofit organization with the mission of fostering collaboration and partnerships around issues that impact economic vitality and quality of life. Thank you for joining me for Upstate Gems, our new podcast where I will chat with upstate influencers to learn about their journey and how they are making a difference in the upstate. I am excited today to welcome for this session, Brad Weish, the founder of Upstate Forever and one of the leading voices in sustainable growth and environmental sustainability in South Carolina. Brad, welcome to Upstate Gems. Thank you so much, Dean. Great to be with you. So I want to start uh, a little bit before we, we get into to some of the environmental lands and things, kind of with your history and background. Um, you were an attorney uh, and come from a, a, a background family of attorneys, and, and uh, then you founded an, an environmental organization. So how did you get from you know, your history and, and uh, being a lawyer to uh, a passion for the environment? Well, uh, let me just start at the very beginning. Uh, I was born and raised in Greenville and my father loved the outdoors. And when I was very young, I was out canoeing and hiking and backpacking with him and, and developed at a very early age a passion for our natural resources. Um, and then went, uh, went to Greenville High School and then college and graduate school and law school. My father called me a professional student and that's true. I spent a lot of time in academia and I worked closely with him um, starting back in the uh, late 1960s. Our first conservation project together was the inclusion of the Chattooga River in the National Wild and Scenic River System. And then dad started Natural Land Trust, which is South Carolina's second oldest land trust. And I worked uh, closely with him over many, many years. Uh, he was focused on protecting our beautiful South Carolina mountains. And then after law school, I wanted to work in the environmental field. And I did that uh, after a year working in Washington, came back to Greenville, joined the family law firm that included my grandfather, dad, uh, my uncle, a cousin. And I did pretty much all of the environmental work at the law firm. And then around the mid 1990s, I started kind of burning out from the law practice uh, and decided I was going to leave the law business and wanted to remain uh, very involved in environmental work and make a long story short, I decided to just completely leave the law practice and start Upstate Forever in 1998 to focus on the whole 10 county region, just like 10 at the top does. Looking at uh, how and where we're growing, trying to protect some of our beautiful places before they were lost, working on water quality issues and so forth. Um, so. Um, Night, uh, in 2015, um, I decided to turn over the executive director position to Andrea Cooper, who's doing a wonderful job, and I remain uh, very actively involved with Upstate Forever and with Natural Land Trust, which is the land trust dad started in the uh, uh, early 1970s. We'll talk a little bit about some of the, the environmental challenges of today in a minute, but I, I want to start with, you know, maybe uh, some of the gems um, you know, your, your dad uh, took some amazing photos uh, of the upstate. And uh, uh, let me ask, are you a photographer too? Or was your dad the only one in the family? 
I mean, I um, am a very poor photographer. Dad had all the talent and skills. I could never duplicate what he was doing. I tried, still try, um, uh, but he really had uh, quite an eye and quite, a, quite the skill as a photographer. So I was not here at the time. How significant when um, the uh, Nature Land Trust was started and, and his photos and things, how significant was that visual, uh, that ability to have a visual context in, um, you know, championing uh, environmental, uh, you know, uh, preservation? It's really important. I mean, the, 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 his pictures uh, are so stunning and we still use them today in our work just to capture the, the beauty and the stunning uh, quality of uh, some of the places in the upstate. I mean, we really are so fortunate to live in this area where we've got uh, all of these, still have all these beautiful places. So he used his uh, photographic skills very effectively. He came up with the vision of the mountain bridge wilderness area, which was a wonderful term that described his goal of connecting the North Saluda Reservoir on the east with the Table Rock Reservoir on the west, about 15,000 acres of land between those two points. That was the bridge, used his photography very effectively. And that area now includes uh, two of our uh, most wonderful state parks, Caesars Head State Park and Jones Gap State Park. Those parks would not have happened without Dad's uh, leadership in getting those lands secured and they're now available for public use and enjoyment. And then uh, he published his first actual book in connection with the Jocassi Gorges campaign. And uh, he, sent, he sent his book to every member of the General Assembly to get them excited about the, about the need to acquire and protect Jocassi Gorges, which was a monumental conservation achievement. It includes 50,000 acres of land, 33,000 of that property is in South Carolina, 17,000 in North Carolina, um, and, and then turned his attention to actually protecting the watersheds themselves, uh, North Saluda and Table Rock with a conservation easement. And again, published another book, ended up publishing six books, um, which are wonderful books, wonderful resources, and uh, a great, um, a great thing to have as you advocate for conservation. So uh, I'm not gonna ask you to pick your favorite uh, place uh, to go, cause that's like asking you know, to pick your favorite children or, or child or things of that nature. But when you uh, say, I wanna go out and spend a day somewhere, what is one of those places that you really enjoy to just go and, and walk around and, and enjoy the beauty of here in the upstate? Well, I love, I love Jones Gap State Park. It is such a beautiful place, just a really a world-class park. I love the Chattooga River, just to go over there and hike along it or canoe or kayak. A world-class river that attracts tens of thousands of people from all over the world. Um, and in the southern part of the region, we have some just beautiful parks, some farmlands. Um, it really, yeah, it's impossible to pick one place. So, um you know, Upstate Forever a little bit different than Natureland Trust in the sense of, of you all, and, and I may say this inaccurately to how you would, would uh, uh, term it, but I, I would say looks more holistic at um, the environment as part of uh, and sustainability 
as, as part of the overall community, as opposed to we're uh, looking specifically only at um, you know the the major environmental assets. So um, talk a little bit about sustainability as it relates to the environment and growth, and what you do, have done that I think is very successful in the time with Upstate Forever is. Um, recognize that growth is coming and and growth is important and when i say growth i mean additional population coming to this uh area um you know we're we're, we're a, a place that is uh, sought after people are coming and um and that's a good thing you want to be a vibrant place that people want to yeah. be but at the same time you also need to make sure that that you are taking care of of your assets taking care of of uh, your environment and, and other things that are the reasons people are coming. So what I think Upstate Forever has done a good job of is recognize that, that we can accomplish both and that we need to be in conversation that, that both are important. Talk a little bit about what you, your goal has been you know, with starting and now over 20 years later with Upstate Forever and what some of the emphasis uh, is that 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 organization is doing? Okay, let me just start with uh, what went at, at the beginning. Um, Dad was focused uh, almost exclusively on the mountains, um, which are again world class mountains here in South Carolina, and started that work in 1973. And then 1998, when I decided to leave the law business and start Upstate Forever. I mean, one of the factors in my mind is dad was focused on the mountains. We did not have a land trust program for the rest of the region, um, which is a huge region, as you know. Um, there were a couple of smaller land trusts working in parts of the region, but we didn't have a regional land trust program. Natural Land Trust was totally focused on the mountains. I was still working with him on that. We also had no real um, voice or concern about what was happening in terms of growth and land use change. And I just felt like there was such a need for an organization like Upstate Forever. I talked with dad about it and he wanted to stay focused on the mountains. And Natural Land Trust still spends a lot of time and effort on the mountains, but is also doing some work um, elsewhere in the region, which is great. But at the time, um, I decided we needed to have a broad mission we needed to have a land conservation element to it, a land trust program, and also be talking about growth and growing. Yes, growth is inevitable, but we need to grow in a different, more sustainable way, a way that enhances quality of life, reduces the rate of sprawl. And there was no organization, no, no serious discussion about that issue. So from the very beginning, Upstate Forever has had this very broad mission. If you look at other conservation nonprofits around the country, it's pretty unusual to see an organization with a mission as broad as ours. But it has worked well. Um, so we have a land trust program. We have a land use program that's headed up by Lisa Halo. I know she's worked closely with you, Dean, on several projects over the years. And that's really focused on this issue of how and where we want to grow as a region. We know we're going to grow. Growth is inevitable. It's good for the economy, but we need to grow in a more sustainable, less sprawling manner. That's what Lisa's focused on. And then we have a component about water quality. Uh, and all of these are like really related. 
If you protect land, you're protecting water quality. If you're not growing in a very sustainable way, you're uh, impacting water quality. So they, they all work together. Erica Hollis heads up that program. So we're focused on clean water, land use, and land conservation, and they all are very closely connected together. Well, I think what you said that, that is uh, really resonates and I think is critical is, is that uh, you now have a voice and a seat at the table. And I think that is, is a critical. And I would, would say at least in the 11, 12 years I've been here, uh, that voice is heard. Um, you know, or, or at least folks right. are willing to listen to, to that point of view, perhaps in a, in a, a, a better way than they did 20-some 20, 20 years ago when you started Upstate Forever. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, the voice is heard, and there's more concern about what is happening to the region as more and more people are coming here. And I think COVID has led to uh, an even greater number of people looking at the upstate, actually moving here. The population growth projections that we have, I think are very conservative and understated now. You know, the projection is another 300,000 people in the next 25 years. I think that's very understated just based on what's happened the last three or four years. So because of all of this growth, all of this change, there is more concern and there's more people paying attention what we are saying about, yes, we are going to grow, but let's do it in a more sustainable way that keeps the economy strong, protects the environment, and enhances quality of life. We can have it both ways, but it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of commitment. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and like you said, I think it is, um, you know, it, it is a, a long-term view and uh, um, yet, uh, you know, specific individual choices, uh, you know, made uh, will impact that long-term uh, ability to, to reach, a, you know, to maintain sustainability. So uh, it is definitely a balancing act. And, and I think, you know, uh, Upstate Forever has definitely been a, a major player in it. We would tend at the top, of course, have partnered, as you said, on a number of initiatives. And I, and I know you were involved in, uh, starting 10 at the top and, uh, um, you know, this organization. And so certainly uh, that uh, is, owed, we owe you a thank you for that vision. And before I get into the rapid fire, let, let me just ask you, um, you know, how you feel the region is positioned from a sustainable growth standpoint, uh, you know, looking forward, given that uh, we certainly are uh, more cognizant to the growth in 20, 25 years ago, do you feel like um, the uh, choices are being made? You know, wh what is your your biggest concern or your biggest uh, feeling of of uh, that we're in a good place as it relates to to growth? Well, I mean, honestly, I think we're still heading in the wrong direction. Just looking at the whole regional growth pattern, we still have a very high rate of sprawl. We're losing a lot of our beautiful places. Again, we know we need to grow. We need to accommodate 300,000 plus people that are coming here. They need houses, they need transportation, all of that. But just looking at the big picture and the way we're growing, it's still a very high rate of sprawl. We're uh, consuming a lot of land that is really excessive. We don't need to be consuming as much land as we are, 
to accommodate this growth. Um, but again, more people are paying attention. We've had some good work on the comprehensive plans uh, in Greenville and Spartanburg. Uh, we need to do more of that. I think one of our real shortcomings is we have good plans. We've done a good job over the years of adopting comprehensive plans that have a vision for what we want Greenville County, Spartanburg, Anderson, et cetera, to, to look like 25, 30 years from now. But we have really not done a good job in implementing those plans. It's like once the plan is done, we say, okay, plan's done, put it on the shelf. Instead of that really ought to be just the beginning. Okay, we got the plan done. Now, how are we gonna implement it? For example, Greenville County, uh, most of the northern part, most of the southern part is described in the plan as rural. We want to keep that area basically uh, in its rural condition. But that doesn't mean anything unless the county actually adopts the policies and incentives necessary to achieve that. So bottom line is I'm very concerned about the direction we're heading, but at the same time we have time. There's still time, not a lot of time, uh, to get on the right path. You know, you, your uh, comment about the comprehensive plans, I think, is very accurate. We did our first review of comprehensive plans in 2015, 2016 with Clemson. And at the time, the conclusion was uh, we had really good, well-designed comprehensive plans in most of our counties, uh, but they weren't being followed. Exactly. Um, now, I would say from that to the, the most recent uh, period of comprehensive plan development uh, that was done in, in most of our counties and, and a couple of them are still doing them. Um, there was a, a, a significant increase in the amount of public engagement mm -hmm. and, and elected officials engagement, seeing that, you know, uh, you know, hey, these comprehensive plans are part of, you know, uh, aren't just a, a exercise we have to do uh, because it's, it's a law, it's also, something that can help guide us down the road for how we grow. And so I'm a little bit encouraged that um, the comprehensive plans will be followed might not be exactly the right word, right. but at least, um, you know, continue to be looked at over the next few years as developments are coming. Do you see that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, certainly let's hope so. And the, uh, Increased engagement by the public and by the elected officials. Um, that's very encouraging that they really are paying attention to it. But um, now I think it's really a key moment. Are we going to really implement those plans? Um, and I think it remains to be seen if that's going to happen. And that's what um, you know, Upstate Forever is working on and many others trying to get those plans actually implemented through policies, incentives, um, some funding. I mean, there are all sorts of uh, tools in the toolbox to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's finish with uh, some rapid fire questions, if you don't mind. I'm going to okay. ask you a question. I just want a 15, 20 second answer. Are you okay. ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. First one. What is something you learned and still use today from a mentor or past colleague? Well, I'd, I'd have to say the mentor is my father. And uh, what I learned from him is to be patient and to have a lot of perseverance. The two P's, 
And that's what he did so well in his uh, work, both as an attorney and working on the revitalization of Greenville's downtown and, his, and in his conservation work. He was very patient, never gave up, expected some bumps in the road, but kept his eye on the, uh, on the finish line. Perfect. What is one observation or lesson that you would share with someone that you're, uh, that's a mentee of you today? I would say to listen, listen well. Um, today, I think there's too much interrupting, there's too much making of assumptions, and we need to get back to some just good old fashioned listening to people and what they have to say. Who is someone in your network who you can count on uh, being a good partner for collaborating and forming community partnerships? I would say that's Frank Holloman. Um, he's a good friend, uh, former law partner, and longtime conservation ally. Um, somehow he holds down two full-time jobs as an attorney with the Southern Environmental Law Center and president of Natural Land Trust. He's doing a wonderful job in carrying on dad's legacy with Natural Land and uh, does a great job of bringing people together and, and developing partnerships. Great. If you were emperor for a day, what is one thing about your job or sector that you would change? Well, Dean, I know you're gonna agree with me on this, but uh, it's funding. Uh, I'm in the nonprofit sector, both with Natural Land Trust and Upstate Forever. And as you know, it is challenging, difficult, to raise the funds needed to do the work. So if, as the emperor, I would grant sufficient funds to all the great nonprofits in the upstate to do and expand their work. Amen. Okay, <laughs> um, next. What is one thing you want to make sure you accomplish before your career is over? Well, I, I uh, would like to do what we just talked about. I would love to see our cities and counties in the upstate actually implement their comprehensive plans. I would love for that to become a reality. And the last one, um, you know, we, we always hear about uh, people saying what keeps them up at night, but what I think is important to know is what about your job uh, gets you up in the morning? Well, we, we've talked about that one too. And, and that is, um, we still have time, not a, not a lot of time to change the direction in the way the upstate is growing. Again, growth is inevitable, but the way that we're growing is not inevitable. And I still wake up every morning passionate about the upstate growing in a way that keeps our economy strong, protects our environment and enhances the quality of life for everyone. I think we can do it, but we got to work hard to achieve it. Absolutely. Well, it, it's all about partnerships and it's all about, as you said, um, you know, having good information and uh, having folks to understand, you know, and make good decisions based on that information. And, and you, uh, Brad, certainly have been one of my mentors and I very much appreciate uh, everything you've done uh, for uh, our organization and for the Upstate. Um, and uh, I look forward to to uh, continuing to work with you. As you said, the journey is uh, definitely not uh, complete and there's a lot more work to do. Absolutely, and, and Dean, I just wanna say, I'm so proud of what Ten at the Top is doing and, and with your leadership, um, as you say, I was involved in really starting Ten at the Top when it was just an idea. And I'm just so pleased and proud of what y'all are doing and look forward to staying involved with you. 
Thank you, I really appreciate that. And thank you for joining us for this uh, session of Upstate Gems and hope you'll uh, check us on the podcast channel for uh, additional episodes. All right, Justine. That was nice. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just I'm just here to get the recording and do the edits after. Well, Brad, you know, we're in your closing there, Dean. I mean, you were just you didn't I was going to say, well, thank you. It was great being with you. But that was you were closing it out, right? Yeah. Okay. no, that's fine. Okay. it was good. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah. You know, I realized about halfway through we could do another hour. Oh, yeah. I'd love to. You know, it, there's so much to talk about. So um, uh, I was going to mention my wonderful mother. These as close to 20 minutes or so as we we could. I think we're a couple minutes over, Justine. But we were we. Uh, it was definitely good information. We'll we'll get you back on again, Brad. Uh, yeah. Uh, we we've done several of these. I had Neil Workman on yesterday. Oh, good. He talked about uh, some of the you know work you guys have done together and things. So. He was he was good. Neil um, is seems to be doing well, so uh, I was was glad to to be able to have him on. And and uh, uh, Justine will send you. We're uh, we've got the first four or five of these uh, going up, and then we all you know we're starting our channel because we have three podcasts. We have one that Michael Hildebrand's been doing around uh, transportation. Right. Then we have one that Aaron Oots uh, has been doing around. Um, um, entrepreneur support and then the one I'm starting upstate gems so we're putting them all in a channel and having that on all the podcast networks I don't know if if you uh I I uh listen to podcasts when I'm walking in the morning so yeah I don't know if you do as well but there there's a lot of really good ones oh I know I'm, I'm yeah that, that's great you're doing that it's such a wonderful way to get the word out yeah perfect well thanks again and uh hopefully we'll get to uh, be together in person sometime soon. Well, you feel vaccinated? What? I get my second second vaccine on Tuesday. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, I am. Yeah, me too. Good. Hey, may I ask? Do you have just a minute to? Um, I was really curious about an update on the Ca- Greenville County um, Commission Coalition. Yeah. Um, you're talking about the new Greenville County Historic and Natural Resources Trust, kind of a long name. Yes. Yeah. So um, we convinced Greenville County Council to establish the program at the end of last year. The board has been appointed. It's a great board. Doug Harper is going to be the chair. Carlton Owen is vice chair. And it's diverse. And um, now the key is funding. So we're asking the county to provide, not we, the board, the board really is asking the county to provide $5 million next year and $5 million the following year because the county has a two-year budget. But that's just an example of what I was just talking about. We'll see if the county will really step up because the comprehensive plan is just full of great goals about protecting scenic beauty, protecting our natural resources. And so here's here's an opportunity um, but we'll see, but that we're right now in that sort of uh, political effort to convince them to provide 10 million over two years. All right, that's progress though. I was, yeah. I was excited. I think I yeah. sat in on the first Zoom about it and I live, um, I live off Roper Mountain Road 
past um, Garlington. So that's, yeah. that's, I'm, I were always, we're always watching. Yeah, you, we used to live um, in Huntington way back before we moved downtown. Yeah, I know that area well. So we'll see. I mean, that's a, and then Saturday, uh, kind of related to that is all the controversy about the land use regulation known as Article 3.1. Y'all been following that? There's a big meeting at County Square Saturday morning, if you want to uh, check that out. And um, it's uh, another example about it's up. It applies to the northern, to really any unzoned area in Greenville County. Okay, thank you. Some land use controls, and it's very controversial. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. Yeah, I miss. I'm sorry, I missed the meeting on Monday, uh, the last meeting. But I guess they're forming the the plan for trying to get the funding. Right, that's kind of the big right, the big piece. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks again, Brad. We appreciate it. And, um, you know, anything I can do to be supportive, just let me know. And, and um, maybe I'll shoot you a note when we get together in, in uh, early, uh, what's next? May, in, sometime in May or June. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Be great. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.